Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. Hello. 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 Howdy. There are so many people at the table today. It is amazing. Well, so many. Slash. Socially distanced. It's a big table. But it's we're a big here. table. Um, if you haven't already guessed, it's me, KB. I'm your host for this episode, and I am joined by Julie Eisentrager. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You got a really nice haircut. Thank you. Yeah. Just this so, is great radio. Yeah. Just yeah. so you, like you guys can't visually see We're it. We're not going to describe uh, it either, but no, know that it's good. You're going to have to detect if your way yeah, through yeah. this. Just imagine what out. you think Julie would look like if she had good hair. <laughs> 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 and we'll work from there. And How offensive. That familiar voice up. is our good friend Patrick Aiken, who hasn't been on the show for quite a while, actually. I couldn't tell you how long it's been. It's probably been at least a year. At least. At least a year. A Which is um, crazy because for a time well, we there, thought it was you'd like your lesson, but you've got me back. So happy to have you. I think I'm we like missed black you. mold. I just won't go away. No, um, we like it that way. Can. Never leave us. <laughs> um, no, it's a pleasure to be back. It's nice to have you back. And look, you have been here so many times that we don't need to do the game to know no, you quiz. No. We don't need to cast you in some dream roles. No, We've no one does. No one We've ever got- casts me in dream roles. So that's all. <laughs> I mean, we just did off air. We oh, did. We cast but we can't tell it because it's a secret project that oh, we're it's a secret project yes, that we're working on. Um, that, that you will find happen. out in, in, due, in due course. Yeah. But it is your chance again mm. to cast the people at this table, producer Zane included, yeah. um, in the show that you've brought us today, which is Reef of Madness, which I'm very surprised we haven't already talked about, to be honest. I'm not hugely surprised we it's, haven't talked about it's it. It's weird because it is one of those shows that everyone seems to be aware of. Yeah. But when you talk about it, I mean, there was a Brisbane production a couple of years ago, there I believe, but most people are aware of it, yeah. might have seen one of the films, but it's not like an everyone's seen it kind of thing. No, but those who have seen it really like it. So Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it, but we'll, I mean, we'll, ta- like we'll talk it. about that. We'll talk oh, about no, that quick. Let's... Um, but I'll cast you. Okay, cast so it, this is a bit interesting because we haven't introduced the characters, but just as a quick roundtable, I'm going to say that Zane is, and Zane, you love being typecast, is, of course, the flexible narrator role. Yes. Who jumps in as multiple different characters. Um, the start, flexible start, narrator. Start, well, it is. It's, it's, I it's, like it. We'll probably get into it, but this is actually one of my favourite tropes in theatre of yeah. there is a narrator who pops up as random characters throughout oh the show as different characters and just keeps jumping in. I also enjoy it. It always it makes good. me laugh. Yeah. It's always a fun little reveal gag there'll be a crowd and then all of a sudden out of the crowd your narrator just walks out and you're like he's back it's great because it's not hilarious but your brain's like yeah okay so zane you will be the sort of you know fear mongerer slash fdr slash (laughs) everyone else um great role you'll love it and it's typecasting but you're good at it so that's what we do (laughs) kb i'm gonna make you mary lane how did i know that was coming well i mean i just sense that maybe we should stretch you a little bit and give you a character that while she's teenage has a bit of childlike wonder about her and maybe a little bit of gentle naivete um (laughs) (laughs) so different to what i always play to be fair i am in a gingham dress with puffy sleeves you are like you're you're kind of you're you're in on the bit. Yeah, you do get a very oh, sexy scene. Oh, that's true. I she forgot has about her that. Laps. 
Um, and oh, I mean, you, if, if Miranda was here, I would get her to play, of course, <laughs> but her typecast so. role of um, drunk mother. Yeah. There is a drunk mother <laughs> archetype in this show. Classic. But Julie, I won't give you that. I think you're May. I think you're definitely May. And if I'd watched this show, I would know if that's a compliment or So insult. May is uh, the sort of young, oversexed drug addict in the drug den uh. who she has, a, she has a couple of good songs. She's got she a, has some really good And she songs. does a lot of physical comedy. That does check out. Um, and I think it would do well. And she's blonde. Blonde and oversexed. Oh, and yeah, she does. In the film, she sets her baby on fire. Oh, yeah. That's fun. It is fun. It's a funny. It's a, it's an oddly funny bit, and you're like, I shouldn't find this funny. Yeah, we'll get into that. But the but film is very children. good at selling jokes that you shouldn't find funny. I feel like that is what this show is about. It's a barrier of this show, I think, as well. <laughs> but we can get it. And by saying we can get into it later, why don't we get into it now? Right now. Right now. Let's do I it. I mean, you're the host. No, I think you you've got this, Patrick. Go for oh, it. I don't know. Tell Zane segments. to press the button. Zane, could you please hit the buttons? I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're scary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. while since you've been on the show, Patrick, and we've changed our format just slightly. Oh. And we're going to throw you under the bus. I don't with like this that. One. Let's do I the know. Old one. Okay. What is it? What is it? And here is the four-hour episode on Reef of Madness. So, it, you have two minutes to oh. give us the like elevator pitch of the plot of Reef of Madness. Like, if you okay. were pitching this to yep. producers and they were like, "What's it about?" So, I'm just telling you the like the plot in yeah. two minutes. Great. Okay. In two minutes. Ready? There's a timer. I'm going to forget the character names, but we'll just say people. It'll be great. Steady go. Okay, so there is a young boy called Billy and a young girl called Mary Lane, and they are they're very sweet, they're very naive, and they're in a relationship in an old American town in the oh in the in the 30s, I suppose, is when it's set. Um, and I suppose actually cutting to that, that exists outside because at the start it opens with all of these parents going to a school hall meeting where a mm-hmm. mysterious man is there to show them a film to warn them about the dangers of marijuana coming into their community and poisoning their youth and um, leading to sex, violence, murder. The film that he then plays involves Billy and Mary Lane, who are a young, sweet couple, who both get, over the course of the musical, drawn into a drug den. Um, And it's a very inefficient drug den. We should talk about that (laughs) later. But basically, this drug den is operated by... um, I'll just call them a man and a woman because I'm forgetting their names at the moment, <laughs> but who are basically plying the town's children um, mm-hmm. with marijuana mm-hmm. and turning them to violent sex fiends. Oh. And it's about the moral quandaries and how these people lose themselves over the course of um, the musical and then trying to save themselves from this drug den. But of course, it's all very tongue-in-cheek because it's based on it's based on a film that takes the subject matter very seriously, yes. um, whereas this musical doesn't take it as seriously as that film did. But I, I feel like that's think- kind of it. 
Oh, it's, it, it's very complex and it's very complex and um, fun along the way. But the core idea is: mm. how do these teenagers in this sweet little town escape the menace of marijuana? Oh no! Um, I like it with the marijuana. In the film, that's how they spell it. It's great. In oh the yes. original, it's spelled marijuana. I did see that. I had questions. You and, explained. And, well, they're trying to they're trying to highlight it in the film whenever it's on screen, so they write it in this big cursive font, but it just makes it look a bit fun. <laughs> Like compared to the rest of the text, like oh hello, what's that? yeah? It's a bit- I could go a bit of it. Mm. Um, mm. And like in in you know, I actually hadn't seen this musical at all before I'd uh, agreed to come on the show and talk about it because I like I don't know it was, it's fun when you don't know and you just come in yes. blind. Oh. But in the original film, where was I going with this marijuana? It's it's really bizarre. That's what it is. It opens basically with a short monologue and video like supplying imagery of actually how to prepare. Um, oh wow! Like how to dry, prepare, and then roll joints. So and it's like it's very much it's very mm. instructional, and it's meant to be like this is what your children will do. This is what's being done in every town in America. But you're watching it, and you're like that just taught me how to do like you know the, at least the basic setup of how to <laughs> grow, cultivate, prepare, and roll my own joints for smoking. It was really bizarre. You're like, I'll keep this. I'll yeah, keep this for I, later. it was one of the strong points of the film. <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, as you said, it was an original non-musical film. Yes. Until it was turned into a play. With music, kind of. Yeah, there was like a play in the 90s that you can still buy the rights to, but it is not Reefer Madness the musical. It is a separate entity, and it's a send-up still. It's meant to be a comedy. Yeah, so towards, I guess... The rights are available if you want them, listeners. (laughs) So it started off as a play. It then became a musical, which went off-Broadway. Some new songs had been added along the way. Mm. Um, And then they adapted the play that turned into a musical into another movie. Yeah, it did a hairspray. <laughs> it did a hairspray. It did, a, it did, it did, did do, do a hairspray, hairspray actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did do a hairspray. So it's very it's very fun. There's, Is it? There's, there's lots of things in there that are, that are good. There's lots of people who have been in it, like Kristen Bell and Neve Campbell and Alan Cumming. Were yeah, in the cast the is stacked. And I'm not sure if it's these are people who the cast is more stacked now and then when it was being you know produced in 2004 for release in 2005, maybe they were more accessible. But yeah. you watch it now. I mean, Kristen Bell's obviously blown up. Alan Cumming's kind of always been his own little odd like, <laughs> He's like niche an, god. Yes. I'm sure about marijuana. I mean, yeah. I mean... But also camp musical fun. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, true. He's very good. Now. And it was kind of the end of Neve Campbell's career. So I think she's in the new Scream movie that's oh. filming at the moment. Of Sorry to she date would be. the episode. I'm not sure if that's illegal. No, um, fine. fine. Zane's giving me the red laser eyes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think she's. I think she's involved in Scream Five, that which we love. We, sure. we love. I'm yet to see you know Scream One <laughs> or Two. Good movie. Good or movie. Three. I can't remember oh, much of Three. Four, four is good. Four's fun. <laughs> Because 4 is kind of a... It's very self-aware of what the Scream genre has become and is a send-up in a similar way that Reef Madness, Madness is, is a send-up. See, look Full at the button circle. on that. Bam, 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 bam. I, I'm a professional. Um, I got very excited because I read that in the Australian premiere production, Andy Cook was in it, who I got to see in Sweet Charity last year at the Powerhouse. He also has done King Kong and some fun things. So, you know, it's always nice to see a familiar name on it as well as I think there's Barry been, Crocker. There's been two Australian productions, you know. haven't there? <laughs> you know. um, Have there been two Australian productions? I, like major you asked tours? a great question. Only see Maybe it's the 2008 Squabologic production. I mean, That's there you go. It's a, it's a Squabologic, right? It is. It's the name we can't can't get off. I shouldn't be saying this on a theatre <laughs> podcast. <laughs> now, the original film was 
kind of based on a true story. Oh, can I talk to you about the original yes, film? Because I've can. also got a conspiracy theory about it. <gasps> what? So I'm very crossover I know, episode? A crossover episode. What, what? Um, <laughs> Welcome okay. to Elvis Lives, a conspiracy yeah, theory. Well, we may podcast. as well just cut this and we'll pop it over. <laughs> we'll put in an ad for Elvis Lives right now. But um, okay, so this was. <laughs> same, same, in, same uh, we're getting a We're getting a vigorous head shake from our producer. I'm going to move along um, before I cop a slap. Um, but so in, in preparing for the episode and like I, before I saw the musical and I watched the movie everyone I'm sorry I haven't actually seen the stage production it's hard often for us to see a musical before we record it sometimes is but the film is a lot of fun the musical film but it's based on this uh, 1936 slash 38 there is some contention about whether it was actually produced in 1936 or 38 but it was yeah. allegedly and this is where we get into the conspiracy theory but we'll get to it in a minute <laughs> allegedly produced by an unnamed church group quote quote mm. um, under the title Tell Your Children yes. after production wrapped it was bought by a producer by the name of Dwayne Esper he recut the film and added in a lot of sort of um, very quick cuts of slightly more salacious imagery so if you're watching the original film you'll see some shots where it suddenly cuts down and a woman is adjusting her garter and that kind of thing so oh while the original film does portray sex and drug use and that kind of thing it's been amped up mm-hmm. in the recut um, and he distributed it as an exploitation film. Yes. Um, and basically the reason how this sort of happened is at the time you couldn't have films showing sex, drug use and violence like they do in this original film or really much at all. Um, but they were able to escape censorship because they were selling it um, kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge as a moral guidance film. Of course. So it was very much a moral table, a moral tale, sorry, and an education tool, which is why they could get away with distributing it <laughs> even though most people were just seeing it because it was out outrageous and violent and highly sexual. Um, It then kind of got lost to time after a few years. And in 1971, a man called Keith Stroop or Straup, who's the founder of the National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws, sorry, National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws, normal, um, bought a print of (laughs) Reefer Madness, or Tell Your Children, um, for $297. Mm -hmm. And then he started showing it at um, pro-marijuana festivals and also (laughs) used the money by distributing it to college campuses to fund New Line Cinema, which was was starting up at the time. (laughs) So this film, this exploitation film, is actually part of the reason why we... I'm not sure if New Line is actually still around. They might have gotten eaten by Disney as well. Probably. Um, At this point. Yeah, I think they've been eaten by Disney, as we all will be at some point, ladies and gentlemen. Disney's hungry. Um, But, yeah, it made quite a bit of money like that and it became this cult classic it became a stoner classic we've spoken about those actually on sorry on a different podcast um disney disney debate there we go Um, that's three i um i was representing fantasia which is also secretly a bit of a stoner movie and so is alice in wonderland so there's this cult of film where people like to put them on and maybe have a bit of fun and have them on in the background um but it grew this cult classic it made a lot of money interestingly it is now open domain I mean, it's free use. No one ever copyrighted it. What has happened is, oh, I cannot remember which company. A company um, did a colorized version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that thing mm-hmm. where you get a black and white film and you yep. add color onto it. That version is not public domain. But the original black and white, you can do whatever you the want. The technicolor version yes, the, is not public no, no. domain. They were it too is smart. not. It is not. But it has been turned into, like you said, it was turned into an LA um, musical in 1998. It won a bunch of awards at the LA Ovation Awards. And I learned that the LA Ovation Awards have like the same award for small production versus large 
large production. So there's like best smaller musical and best larger musical. So this one best smaller musical while West Side Story won larger. Wow. So that's cool. We've learned about the LA Ovation Awards that, as well. That's yeah. so fun. The things you learn. The Went things to, you learn. Yeah. Musicals teach you so much, guys. They teach us so much. Um, but the fun little fact is, the factoid is, no one knows what this church group who funded the film was. No one knows really if they ever existed and there is a little bit of a conspiracy theory that maybe they didn't ever and it was part of the the grift of it being no this is a church film that was funded by a church it's as a moral fine. guidance but maybe that was never the case at all and it's it was like, just it was just made to be sleaze in the first place. It's like hey this is made by a church but pay very close attention to how you roll a joint. Yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's like it's, it's like oh yeah which church oh, you know we don't need to get into the you details know the church. there because the I couldn't find I could not find anywhere. Look, Which Julie and I will go on a deep dive. You may see an episode on Elvis Lives pop up about Reaper Madness. Do. And we will we will try and get to the bottom of it. The film actually went through four titles before it became Reaper yeah. Madness. So it started as Tell Your Children. And that didn't like it didn't bring people in. But <laughs> have you seen the original? No. At the uh, at the end, there's like an Uncle Sam moment where this character is like, "And this could happen to your children or yours." Or and he turns down the barrel of the camera <gasps> and points at you, the viewer, and says, "Or oh, yours." And then, bam! Tell your children pops up on the and screen. And then, when it's in so, 3D, the figure comes oh, it, all the way. It yeah, <laughs> offers you a joint in the cinema. Um, yeah. But so that's where that title first yeah. came from. So I think that was the original, and why mm. there's like a two two dates for the original movie is that oh. it then was re-released in 1938 as the Burning Question. Oh, oh. and then it became mm. good qu- they are good <laughs> punny titles. Zane hates it. It became then Dope Addict. <laughs> Doped That's youth not as good. And That's love good. madness. Love madness is kind of love ooh, madness. Oh, we love I a mean, bit of love, love madness. madness. I want, to, like, I want to, I want to do it. More. I mean, I used to go visit <laughs> love madness in Brisbane, but they closed that place down. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's like, nah, stop, quick. So then, in 1947, it was then released again under Reefer Madness. But okay. the original, very first film in mm. the 30s, was based on a guy called Victor Licata, who oh. murdered his family with an axe. Oh yeah, yeah, great. That yeah. So he was 20 at the time. And it was because of marijuana. They, it wasn't because the, of any other yes, issues. The, media, the Amityville guy? Maybe. I'll Google it. If Amityville the, Horror and Reefer Madness are based, based on, on the, the same, same story. Um, so he murdered his parents, movie. his two brothers ah. and his sister. And the media were like, it was because he was smoking marijuana. This is what made this happen. When actually there was a lot of stuff going on for him There mentally. may have been other contributing there was, factors. There may yeah. have been a bit of psychosis and a little bit of paranoid schizophrenia. But the media had gone so big. in creating this event around um, the marijuana usage playing a part that they were like, hmm... Why don't we write this movie about it? Let's make a little movie about this. Oh my god, I didn't know any of that. That's amazing. Yeah, crazy. Um, 1930s, and here we are in 2020 talking about it. Still talking about it. The legacy on that axe murderer. If only he knew. Oh, I'm Um, glad he doesn't. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm wrong. You're You're Ronald DeFeo Jr., was his name. Well, do Uh, we have. Shout out to Ronald. How's jail and or death? Before we move on, because it is a musical, Mm. how do we feel about the music in Reefer Madness? Okay, so musical got developed by Showtime for cable TV. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, came out in 2005. (laughs) Yes. 
and it had some of the cast from New York and LA yes. productions, I think, mixed, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's got a great cast. Anna, oh, Gastea, is yes. it? Yes. Oh, she, she's so She's funny. the best in it. Like, she's I'm putting that on the table. X um, Second City improv, Groundlings yeah. improv. For, for those playing at home, she's um, Lindsay Lohan's mum and Mean Girl. She is. She plays a great agent on the, um, oh, I'm completely blanking on her name, but there's a comedy show, Maria Bambich. Maria, she's a comedian. I'll have to look it up and I'll put it on the social medias. Do it. Um, do put it on she's the a, social. She's a fantastic comedian actress. She's great in it. She's but how do we feel great. about the music was the question before I derailed this. The music. I think there's some really fun stuff in it. Yeah. And there's a big mix of your classic Broadway sounds with um, your gospel-y sounds mm. in there, obviously, because they're sitting in a church sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a subliminal thing, but to me, some of it, it reminded me of Bat Boy without watching it. Like, I don't know. I'm That's like, this fair. just reminds me a little bit of Bat Boy, but that could have been a subliminal thing that it I has a, Yes, I was about to say, it has very a very similar, similar vibe. vibe. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't hate it at all. Like, I was listening to the cartoon, I was like, this is, I can listen to all of this. This is all yeah. fine. It's Where, all listenable. Yeah. I think the weird thing about this show is, and it's a type of musical we don't get much anymore, and definitely not recently, where everything's been either IP-based or it's got one very big famous song, which I feel yeah. like Andrew Lloyd Webber did to musical theatre and we will never escape it. Like, you got memory. We don't have as to forgive as, him. As soon as you were selling a show on, oh, but that, there's he that literally, one song. There is a YouTube clip or a, like a video mm. clip of him saying, you just have to write one big hit. You do. I'm like, and that's the thing. Yeah, mate, we get it. Yeah, doesn't mean the rest can be that bad. No, no, and it, it, it can't, but it did, and it was. But um, this show does not have a one big song. It doesn't, and it also doesn't have like it's you know it's, I suppose it is based on an IP, so it, does, it maybe this started the trend. Um, but it doesn't really have one of those big musical selling points. And to be honest, I don't love the music. Okay. I, it's fun. Like yeah. there's lots of fun stuff, but. I think you could probably cut every song by a third and the show would be shorter, that tighter, neater and better. It's a long show. There but are you're not some mad about old, it either, though, like, I'm going to say the orgy song goes on too long. Oh, I, I skipped that yeah. halfway through. Yeah. I realised that um, it was longer than three minutes. I was like, yeah. oh, we're gonna have I, I really like, like the down, opening. Uh, the, the opening down on the old Five and Dime, which is like your little <gasps> small town, like country nah, song. No, I got sick of that. Um, oh, so I, I liked I like the actual one finale. Is it Mary Lane, Mary Jane? Yeah. That's a fun song. But I feel like the song this is a musical that wasn't written to have great music in it it's not the point no. the point of the show is to be funny and I think the risk because of the music is kind of hit and misses is unless you have really good comedic performers yeah. I think the show would be terrible it is interesting I do find and I think because I was listening to the movie soundtrack mm, which is so I was great. listening to Ellen Cumming and Kristen Bell and all of those fantastic comedic mm. actors I found the comedy did come through in a lot of it the, really does the comedic songs mm. so oh, I think the it stuff is great easier. and the stuff reprise is great go Anna <laughs> go Anna She's great. It's just, I think it's just like, I, I'm, I'm not offended by listening to any of it. Like, we can keep going. It's fine. Oh, none of it's bad. You know? Like, but none fine. of it, like, I didn't get anything stuck in my head later. I wasn't like, no. oh, I want to go listen to Reefer Madness again. No. But the show isn't about selling you the songs. No. It's about selling, selling you the show. Yes. And, and as producer Zane just pointed out um, in a very sneaky message, it is like a Star Kid musical in that sense. That's a really good analogy. It is. I mean, there are definitely Zane. songs in Star Kid shows that you pick out, or at least I pick out. Lonely Pew will be that song for me because I'm like, mm. I cannot sing that as an audition song. That's Lonely it. Pew's Taking cute. it. It was very cute. I liked so. Romeo and Juliet too, actually. Yeah. But again, and that's good because it's funny because yeah. the performance is so good. Like even the stuff, there's a, there's mm. a rape joke in the stuff. And you watch the film, and it's delivered by one of the best living female comedians. 
<laughs> best looking comedians, I should say. Yeah. We still do that with comedians. Well, I still do. Where I really break it up by gender. Cancel me, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Women are um, allowed to allowed to mm, be funny, but, but we have to hold a license. Yeah, yeah you for do. It. She is. Um, do you have yours? On me. This is a formal check. Oh shit. This is a sting. This whole podcast is a setup <laughs> at this moment. Um, Sit from me, guys. I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the way that Anna Gastea, I think it's Gastea. I actually don't know how to say. I her think it's very close. If it's um, delivers it. You laugh, and then you're like, "Oh, I just laughed at that joke." Yeah. And I think it's very I, like, and the performers in, like you were saying, the performers in the movie are so good, are so good that they hit all the laughs all the time, and it's a riot. Yeah. I would worry about seeing this if there was not a confident comedic cast. Well, because guys, if the jokes don't land, the songs aren't good enough to carry the show. Challenge put out there to all of you. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, <coughs> let's end it there and talk about less. I think it's a good thing to go on to lessons learnt in this particular moment. Yeah, definitely. Sorry. Never be sorry, Patrick Aiken. Never, Never be sorry. I just feel like I was harsh. You're not harsh. Okay, good. You're allowed an opinion. It's That's nice on that I'm not the harshest critic for once. No. Yeah, true. You are really rough on shows, actually. Yeah, musical's the worst. Yeah, you body them. <laughs> Very rarely does someone bring a show in that they don't like to talk about. It's so I nice. Think it's, fun. It's, it's refreshing. Fun. Okay, I should say for context, I watched this with a friend. We had a great time. <laughs> we had a wonderful time. But I just, I suppose the mu- the music is not the strong point of this musical, which is yes. odd. The strong yeah. point is it's but I guess a if send-up. It started and off it's a send-up of musical theatre. Theater, so yes. it's not trying to write brilliant music. It's trying to make fun of musical I also theater. don't think it's a huge failure on that part either. Like it's no. still musical theatre that you're like, yeah. Oh, it's still fun. You get it. like hot Jesus, yeah. which is one of my favourite tropes in theatre is some ridiculously buff Jesus coming out and being like, we are all just here to sex, like to sexually Let's objectify me, the son yeah. of God. Like it's really fun. Yeah. But you'd, when talking about this show, you don't go, oh, I love that song. Maybe that's a lesson learned. A show can be good without sort of all this hyperfixation on who the fantastic composer is and what the Mm -hmm. best song is. You can go to a show and watch it for the whole of it. And you probably should. Yeah. For me, as someone who is um, in terms of the levels of where you put your things, I'm an actor first. So for me, this show is great because the storytelling comes first. Aren't you a dancer first? Oh, I yes, I am a dancer yeah, first. No, actually, you don't need to be humble. Um, sorry, guys. I we met at dance school. We We're both prime dancers. Definitely, that's definitely the truth that we're Ballet telling them. That <laughs> they can't see our face as we <laughs> lie to them. Don't worry, guys. I think they've got it. <laughs> I think they're caught up on that. Um, so for me, this show is. I often feel like. Um, the storytelling is often put to the side or last um, Mm. to give way to amazing voices, amazing dancers. And I think for me, that lesson then of being like, no, no, there are shows out there that need that. Mm. They need to have the acting be the focus. It happens mostly in parody musicals. This is a show where actors shine. Yes. And I feel like it, it's a, it, this show reminds you to like, comedy shows are good and like mm. comedy films have died. They don't really exist yeah. anymore. But comedy musicals are actually fantastic and comedy is one of those weird things that ages very quickly as mm-hmm. well. But yeah, I don't know. It really made me appreciate the sort of varied genre of comedy musicals that exist because again, like what's 
What's the big recent comedy musical that everyone loved? Mormon. That's a long time like, ago. Like in terms though, of right? very obviously just comedy. Yeah, I guess so. Is it Mormon? Gentleman's Guide. Maybe Gentleman's Guide. Maybe. But it didn't have. Gentleman's Guide did not have the same legacy. It's not like gag like, after gag after gag. Yeah, no, I suppose yeah. Reef of Madness didn't really. It's still even the movie. The music movie musical is a cult sort of following. But yeah, Gentleman's Guide did well. Yeah. But it, it's sad because musical comedy, I think, one is hardest on actors because yeah. it's really hard to do and it shows an amazing amount of talent. But it's so much more fun. <laughs> so fun. So maybe that's the lesson is, you know, we need some more comedies. Like, especially after 2020. Let's just pump out the comedies, guys. I do not want one musical about your experience of 2020. I don't want it. I don't oh, need it. I'll I will complain. The oh, there will be. In the trash well, I mean, actually, <laughs> I mean, the world has pivoted away. I don't know if we've got a quick Broadway news segment. Ratatouille, the TikTok musical. Oh, oh my goodness. See, there's oh. a musical comedy that's happening. I'm and Disney is going to track down every one of those children and sue them yeah, yeah. So th- and, and take all of their money for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and they deserve it they um, because they touch Disney's property. We will all be consumed by Disney, ladies and gentlemen. So but it's really great. And I it's fun. I don't have TikTok and I've seen it. Oh, so. no, neither do I. It, got, oh, it ended up on Instagram. Yes, oh, mm. it's everywhere. I'll send you in bulk just all the bits of the music that are complete. Yes. Yes. Put them Enjoy. on the social. When this episode goes so up, we can all share in I the joy of... I could, or Disney might eat us. Yeah, what Disney might kill us, actually. actually learnt is that TikTok is the place for new musical TikTok is the bleak lesson, but you know, probably really true. Sad, but actually, true. a great comedy musical that didn't get as... It did well, but not as well as everyone wanted to. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day It's got true. a sad, poignant ending, but the music is great, and it's another good comedy musical. But again, not as appreciated as it should be. I think the lesson is we all need to rally around comedy theatre and especially yeah. comedy musicals, because they're great and they're fun. Now. Maybe don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Maybe your theatre Oh, I'm taking comedy very be. seriously, <laughs> No, no, no. Comedy. Take that seriously. Yeah. Uh, but yourself. But in terms of yourself, yourself and yourself as no a, a theatre critic, yeah. maybe just calm down. Maybe it's all right to have a laugh. Maybe. Oh, my goodness. Maybe we didn't fine. do a bad review with Julie. We didn't. What's I a bad review with Julie? You. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is this sorry. a new segment? Yeah. I, don't I mean, know that's that. just you. That's it is. me. That's okay. You haven't had a bad review with Julie. The lesson I have, but it was under different circumstances. It's like it's true. Um, I was making a joke. <laughs> we'll talk about that after um, the show. I've learned that I don't know the format of this show, um, even though we've oh, been doing we do it, it for three and a half years. I do. Look, look, I do have a bad review. It's not about the musical, but it is quite titillating. What is it? It made me giggle. Um, this is a critical reception of the um, original film. Ah. Or maybe it's not the original film. It doesn't say which one it's actually talking Probably about. Probably is. There's only like one cut that really survived. Well, this is the Los Angeles Times has claimed that Reef and Madness was the first film that a generation embraced as the worst. Oh. Leonard Martin has called it the granddaddy of all worst movies. Las Vegas City Life named it the worst ever, runner-up to Plan 9 from Outer Space. And AMC described it as one of the worst movies ever made. But this is playing into that, like, people who love yeah, bad it's movies. Like the it's like the, It's the room before the room. Yeah. I and this is mainly a one-room film as well. So oh, maybe yes. this is... Ooh. Maybe this is... Pre-room room. <laughs> the room beginnings? <laughs> I don't know why I was Pretty so cool room. that. The Room the Musical, surely oh, someone's tried it. It's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen. We just, made a mi- we just made a billion dollars and threw it away. <laughs> oh, dear. You're what tearing me apart, Lisa, the ballad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are ideas here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening at home, patent pending, don't touch it. It's ours. Get out. Keep your dirty paws off this fantastic idea that we definitely have the rights oh, to. Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
I think other lessons we've learnt before I project our comedy across the table. I'm going to be millionaires. Um, Alan Cumming is, remains one of the greatest comedic oh, performers yes. of stage and screen. We will continue Glorious. to relearn that lesson, I think, every time he comes up in conversation because he is phenomenal. Honestly, I hope we do. Um, yeah. Oh, and, um, you know, uh, don't do the reefer is the main lesson, or isn't it? Or do the reefer. Mm, I mean, I think the film's pretty clear. Is it? Because mm. it taught you how, so. I mean, taught, yeah, but like maybe it's just so like when I see it happening, I know how to avoid it. Oh, okay. But maybe I oh. should practice just to be certain. Just in like, case. You know, you don't want to make any... It's like, you know, it's like when you're cutting like meats with a big knife. You need to really make sure you know what you're doing because <laughs> you don't want to get anyone hurt. That's correct. So like maybe I need... Maybe we should all... I think the lesson is, ladies and gentlemen, we should all practice to make sure we know that we're never going to do it. And I just need to remind everyone that we are joking and that we're not advocating any particular life choice, but you can do whatever are you, you want. Are you allowed to advocate uh, for illegal activities on a podcast? Zane's giving me a I yes. I mean, it's Zane not illegal in all the places this podcast is listening. I think it's, it's illegal to say that people should hurt people. <laughs> Quick, hurt play music. Gently. I don't know. We should look into this. What else could I maybe encourage our Just play the violent music, Zane. Play the music. Just before we're completely cancelled, we're going to Dreamcast Reefer Madness. Oh boy, I forgot about this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you know what though? I really love Kristen Bell, so I want to keep her in. And Miranda's not here. Miranda's uh, not here to Mar- tell me Miranda otherwise. can't tell you what to do. So I'm so going to Kristen keep Bell. Kristen Bell. Are we allowed to keep Jane. people now? No, no, but Miranda's, oh. not here. Miranda's not here, so we do what we want. So we do what we want. She's not going to hear this. No, we'll sorry, find Miranda. out if she does. Hey, Miranda. Um, yeah, I'm keeping Kristen Bell in as Mary uh, Jane. I'm, okay, I'm forgetting her name. It's I not Mary. I just got why she's called the, Mary Jane. Can, so, can you pl- can someone please pull the name of the character played by Anna Gasteya? Because that's a great like just uh like <laughs> comedian character. But I want to put Kristen Chenoweth in it. Oh yeah, I think it would be really funny. Like having her, having that character be absolutely tiny. Yeah, half an hour into the episode. Half an hour into the episode, and I was like, that's why she's called Mary Jane. No, she's called Mary Lane. Oh, well, close. But there's a song, Mary. But she was called Mary Lane in the original film. Um, before that moniker came out. May. May. Okay, so who is, who's the, um, I don't know. Lady. Sally. Sally. I would Sally cast you as Sally, Sally. Sorry, not May. You're Sally. And she is. Julie is looking is at me. the as same as character, but just different got name. the name wrong. Yeah, slutty so, Sally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're Slutty Sally. <laughs> Not slutty May. Um, I would cast someone. Maybe Chenoweth as May would be really funny. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and again, it's kind of hard because that's a character where a lot of the physical comedy she gets repeatedly slapped very hard to the ground. But she's so tiny. She's so tiny. So maybe it would work because she's a very good comedic actress. She is. She's very. Clever. Um, but I feel like we overcast Chenoweth. So does anyone else have we any other ideas? We haven't actually cast her in quite a while. Okay. I'm actually maybe casting. Maybe that's because we saw the holiday. Cast don't want to anymore. Oh, that was awful. The what? The holiday. Oh, the holiday. Don't, yeah. don't, Netflix, don't, don't. You don't need it. You don't want it. We'll no talk one about asks it after the pod. After the pod. Um, however, so, speaking of her, she will get cast in the, maybe the next week or the coming weeks. Um, what about the um, like the narrator Alan Cumming character? Because it's Again, hard to see Alan Cumming do a role and then imagine anyone else in it. Can we keep Alan Cumming? I mean, I'm not going to stop you from keeping okay. Alan Cumming. Yeah, Alan Cumming. What I'm going to say there. is keep him coming. <laughs> Uh, oh, Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally would <gasps> be amazing. Producer Zane says Maligan. Maligan Mullally. She would be good fun. She would be great. She would be good fun. I'm going to put Darren Chris in the role of Jimmy because why not? Do you mean Billy? Jimmy? Is it Jimmy in the... 
Because in the in the, in the original film, there's two boys, and one boy runs over someone in the street, and then the other boy is the main one who loves Mary Lane, oh and they boy. combine them in the musical, and I've forgotten which name they kept. They kept Jimmy. They kept Jimmy. They kept Jimmy. Yeah, Darren Chris looks like him. He and looks like a yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. I'll keep that. Or who's that fellow who's in Newsies who everyone is Jeremy very thirsty Jordan. for? He'd be great. <gasps> yes. He looks, he's got that look as well. He's that fellow. And so you're keeping Kristen Bell? I'm keeping Kristen Bell. I'd like Hunter Parrish. Hunter Parrish. I'll in bring him just personally or in the show? Both. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. Um, oh, Zac Efron. Zac Efron Zac would Efron, be a great... Actually, no, actually, no Jesus. No, Zac Efron no, 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 no. Zac Jesus. Efron would be great as the drug dealer. And Jesus. Um, the guy who May's um abusive, violent partner. I think if you give him a dirty <laughs> moustache and a goatee, yeah. he actually could play into that. This is one where he I will advocate. I will advocate for the casting of um Zac, Zac Efron. Efron in I that role because I think it would be a fun little subversion. Um, <laughs> he can be the stunt. Also, cast. it's a terrible drug ring. They just keep giving away pot for free. Ugh. Like literally the whole time, they're just like have some more. Especially Rude. in the in the original film, they never take money off anyone. They what literally are they just thinking? keep they keep giving all these teenagers free drugs, and it's like where where. where? I it's, mean, it's like their plan is like one, we get the pot. Two, we give it to the kids. <laughs> three, we'll work on that for profit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what's happening in step three? I, it's all about the people knowing that well, they're there. And so I also think it, I think step three is actually that's a very real horrible thing. Just of a, drug little, a little a yeah. little taste. A little taste. Yeah. Well, apparently that's what they actually do. So we probably shouldn't Ooh, be joking about this. Guys, um, anyone right. else who wants so we've got Alan Cumming, we've got Kristen Chenoweth, we've got Zac Efron, we've we got, got Jeremy Jordan Darren or Chris. Darren Chris, we've got Kristen Bell. Who's going to play Paris. Sally? Who's going to play Jesus? Who's, I think Zac Efron can double. What if we just I don't look? want any more. What I do. Hear me out. No, what about someone who's actually attractive for Jesus? Let's try that. Uh, <laughs> Producer Zane says Alan Cumming. No, he's already cast what about, he's busy. Who do I find attractive? Okay, oh, I want to get the opposite list. of attractive. <laughs> the opposite of attractive. Mm. Oh, you want to play against type? Mm. Like I think. I oh want- no! Okay, now this is not an unattractive man because I recently saw him in *Romancing the Stone* and he's oddly kind of. I mean, that was a while it. ago. Uh, Danny DeVito fair. as Jesus. <laughs> Again, I think you're just guessing the entire cast for what's happening next week in my musicals. Okay, so. I'm really excited. But yeah, maybe Danny DeVito is Jesus. Maybe Danny DeVito is Jesus. Kind of, you could do as a talk song. This is your dream cast, Patrick. You can cast whoever you like. I'm, I'm not mad about Danny, Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. <laughs> Dressed as the penguin, dressed as Jesus. Oh God, no! I'm into it. No, that's that's a bold move. We've gone too we'll, far. We'll take that as a producer's note, shall yes. we? On this production, I feel, but like there's a lot of this is a very sort of um, ensemble-centric show. You just get in everyone you like, pretty much. Bring in all your favorite comedic actors, ladies and gentlemen. If we didn't cast them as a lead, you can cast them as one of the ensemble. They can be a swing. Yeah, it's fine. It's going to be great. Everyone's or in. you just have a different cast every night for your two-week run. You know, but we can afford that, right? <laughs> of course, we've got we the, can. Yeah, we've got the money for yeah, volunteering that? Great. their time. Oh, they are. Um, Great. We'll have all that. Yeah. Sweet it's a charity show. It's a charity fundraiser. Um, let's move on to top five. Our top five already. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Resume. Yes, our new format is very fast. 
I've um, got to rewind. I know who <laughs> Jesus is. It's Jack Black. Let's move Jack on. Jack Black. Yeah, see? Okay. Well um, this is a bold take and everyone just don't say anything. There was a video that came out of Jack Black yes. doing the um, wet ass pussy dance. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to say that? You are now. Um, hot take. It's kind of hot. Anyway, let's move on. He's done There's something, very well. He's so confident and charming mm-hmm. that he does stuff and you're like, oh, actually you are kind of, there's a, Jack Black's kind of hot. Because we know that he knows that he's joking. And he's also a good guy, so you're so just like, fine. you're fun. And he, I don't know, but he's, he's kind of, Jack Black's kind of hot. Anyway, let's move on. He's Jesus. <laughs> we'll think about that later. Top five musicals about marijuana. Yeah, it's up there. Yep. Great. Any other Are there others? Ones? There's others with Overtly like marijuana scenes. Marijuana? Probably not. Probably. Not yet. Um, sure there will be more. Top, what are the top five? Top five comedy see, cult it, classics? Okay, look. Mm, mm, maybe. See, the, maybe cult classics. Because comedy cult classics, you've got Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. What it's else? For cult classic comedies in musical theatre. Um, like we put it Evil niche. Dead? Yeah, Evil Dead would Dr. be on the list. Horrible Dr. Horrible Sing-Along I feel like that really was cold. a cult classic, but the cult died off. Yeah. The cult either died off or everyone's like, hey, that's cool. And then it's just not cult anymore. Yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's on the list. I think mm. it's on the list for that. Great. Is it top five Alan Cumming musical performances? Oh, boy. I know it's in a movie, oh. so it's not stage. He can do whatever he wants. Did he do it on he stage? Producer Zane is throwing the book at us. Um, it's definitely... Because he's very good in everything. But he is like, very good in everything. Cabaret, he, obviously, which is probably the yes, top. Yes, and I saw him in Cabaret. Oh, oh stop. get out. Yeah. He was amazing. Which, I'm sorry. Sorry, um, listeners, but we are actually angry about <laughs> this. They're very angry. He's so, very funny in this, though. Like, even if you're just thinking about, not the shows, <laughs> but cabaret. like... <laughs> He is actually kind of funny in he Cabaret, is which is the disturbing thing. Um, but this performance by itself, if you're just looking at performances, some of the jokes he does, some of the physical work he does is absolutely brilliant. Mm, yeah. So I, I'm going to put Let's it on put there. Let's put it on I'm there. I'm putting it on there. Put it on there. Um, top five musicals without a hit number? Question? Yeah, there is no hit I'll song. I'll take it. What are there? Okay, this is actually a question I wanted to ask. Are there other musicals that you can think of like this? Where there's songs in it, yeah, the songs are fine. The songs aren't bad. It's a good show, but the oh. songs aren't really what you can not ones about. that are a good show, but I can rattle off quite yeah. a few we've covered See, that me, don't like, have a hit that are terrible. For me, I'm like Pippin. Pippin I can't tell you maybe. a song from Pippin. And this, oh no, Anastasia has Journey to the Past. And then I was, thi- I was thinking like Jekyll Hyde, but Jekyll Hyde is like Confrontation is very a famous song. and everyone likes Bring on the Men. Ooh. Oh yeah, that was done all the time. Yeah, so it's not really um, that, but there aren't a lot of musicals like this. So that's what, that was, I really wanted to ask you if you could think of and maybe listeners at home, send us an email. Drowsy Chaperone doesn't really have a hit. Mm, no, it doesn't. Show I'll Show up, but it's, again, show off's just a really good song. It's just we know it because we know it. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, um. Yeah, I put Drowsy Chaperone on that yeah. list of musicals that don't have a big standout number. Yeah. I think I want more musicals like this. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like the whole musical is geared up just to get you through the one song, <coughs> Cats. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about Cats on this podcast anymore. Don't we? I loved the movie. Oh. It was terrible, but God, it was like an intense It was a good time. Experience. It was, was a good time. Yeah. We had fun. Um, and if you want to hear our reactions to the movie, you can mm. listen to our uh, episode from last Christmas. Oh. When the movie came out, oh. and we went and oh, saw a little I, screening I of it just, with some listeners. I've just outed that I didn't listen to that episode. Sorry. That's I think okay. it's um uh, top five okay. uh like big ensemble shows. Yes. Especially for comedic performances. So like I think this would be really good if you've got like because I you can put this show on cheap. 
I think it's a really good community theatre production because there's a big cast. Everyone, like you two leads have a couple of songs, but everyone else has like one or two songs. Yeah. And it's mainly about the performances as well because, and this isn't any shade on community theatre, as someone who has done community theatre and has been this performer, sometimes the performers aren't the best singers and that's okay. And this is a show where you don't have to do, I mean, some of the characters do, but a lot of the songs are manageable for people who can sing. Yeah. And it's all about the performance and the fun and the energy and the delivery. So I think it might be like top five community theatre shows. Great. It's got a great oh age mix, a great big cast. Um, yeah. But you do really rely on those community theatre performers. They, yes, they don't necessarily have to sing, but they really have oh, to, they got to, to act. act. you got to act. And I find that harder to find in community theatre sometimes. Really? Are you, this oh. is, is another Julie review of Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about that one later. Okay, any well then we'll have to come fives? back to this. I don't have any other top fives. No, I really no. don't have... Like, it's not... And again, people love this show. It's not really a top five show. It's a fun show. People have seen it. People like it. it you have fun, fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's not really like the standout musical you think of first for many things. That's but fair. It, it is its own cult little object that people, you know, really love and enjoy. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not prototypical of musical theatre in many say ways. Say it once, say it twice, say it a million times on this podcast. I didn't hate it. No. And that, that in itself means that it has done a very good job because Julie hates most shows. It's not on the bottom five. <laughs> no. That's a big bottom five. <laughs> that's actually a bottom 500 for Julie. Um, but that's fine. We'll get through all the musicals at some point and maybe we'll get to Julie's personal top ten. <laughs> We've done them. Oh, guys, anything else to add about Reefer Madness? Nothing. Nothing. I just think it's a really interesting show because it's not, it's not trying to be a good musical. It's trying to be a good show and because of that it's fun to watch. Yeah. We've ragged on the music a lot and the music isn't bad at all but it's weird because there aren't standouts. It's just a good fun show and it's kind of exciting and lovely to see a show that's more interested in being a show than selling a CD or doing all of that any extra stuff it's there to exist for you to have fun with and for the cast to also have a lot of fun and there's something lovely about that and that's I haven't really been able to communicate that this well coming on but that's what I really like about this show is that it exists for fun and for enjoyment. And the Was reason made musical, for money? No, and the reason musical theatre exists is to, I think, have that sense when you go to a, see a show or you take part in a show. No, is, it's to sell merchandise. Oh, sorry. I forgot. What are you talking about, money. KB? Oh. Do you like this wicked mug? <laughs> this cat's bag? Oh, wow. This phantom you, mask? You brought so much stuff with oh, you I've today. Oh, I've got props. I, was, I didn't want to ask about the mask, just yeah. in case it was I've got like this a Evan Hansen's. I've got this Dear Evan Hansen replica suicide note. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually thought that you were about to say cast. Me too. Uh, <laughs> cast would have been a lot Better. lighter. Yeah, a lot lighter. Uh, We've already spoken about Dear Evan Hansen, haven't we? We have. Interesting. Right in the top four episodes yeah. three and a half years ago. Really? It's mm-hmm. so one of my personal favourites. Now, we have plugged not only this podcast, <laughs> Albus Lives and Disney vs. Disney. Great podcast. This, um, this episode. But is there anywhere else um, Alice's can hear your voice? No, okay. I have no achievements. And I think they've heard enough <laughs> this episode. So I don't have anything to plug except maybe, you know, give your nana a call. Oh, or, that's you know, lovely. Maybe say something nice to your mum just out of the blue. Just be like, hey, mum. I really like like lie to her like if she's like if it's not a great day be like mum your hair looks nice and if it doesn't just run with it unless she's going out in which case give her a hand or unless she's bald but just oh yeah true just say I don't know say something really nice to your mum or dad maybe just maybe just just 
Take the time to do something to make someone else feel nice, I reckon, is what I want to plug. Oh, Patrick Aiken, we need to have you back more often. Well, no, I'm trying to balance it out because I'm about to go do unspeakable acts of evil, so we're just trying to balance oh, out the universe. No. All right, well, before we get into that, um, I'm going to tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram at Elvis Lives Pug. No, wrong. <laughs> Different She's on autopilot. I'm on uh, autopilot. Katie took the assignment for this episode very seriously, oh. it seems. Um, she's wearing a little green dress and she watched the opening to Reef of Madness, uh, the 1936 film as well, and took those instructions on board. Oh, goodness. Do you know what? I've done it on Elvis too, so let's We're just even. balance it out. You can find us at Musicals Teach Me on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook at Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. You can also email us at, uh, email us at Musicals Taught Me podcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com right. oh got my there. goodness and please gracious. do send an email um we love reading them i don't actually get to read them but i know that it is really fun when they come in because i've heard some stories i've heard some there's wild some, stories there's some fun emails it's in great there. emails that come through i wish we could like it's confidential obviously so, but look maybe some, one day we'll maybe, read an, an email on a mailbag episode a mail that's the whole episode just us that would be so much email. fun if you want a question uh, i'm answered on the upcoming mailbag episode please send it to musicals teach me podcast um it's going to be really exciting <laughs> oh and with that everybody we will uh wrap this one up because i'm not sure where we'll go otherwise see you Bye-bye. next week Bye. Bye. hey stevie want to skydive into this snake infested cactus patch without parachutes uh isn't that dangerous we have literally no way of knowing wait are those listeners Hi, I'm Stephen Denham. And I'm Matthew Caffo. We're the hosts of Let's Get Dangerous. A podcast about dangerous activities. And whether or not you should do them. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I get mine from an electrical socket. Wait, what? I pull them out with this fork. Get in my ears, WTF. That's it. I'm calling your mum. That's not kind of productions podcast.